Hello, you're listening to VHC, Vibes, History, and Culture, a show where we explore the unknown and little-known facts and gems about music and popular culture from a millennial lens. This is your host, Kevin Washington. And in this brand new episode of VHC, it is the first all things music of the season. And we're having a conversation with singer, songwriter, and producer, Nisma Osman, who's also the founder of Music Licensing Mastery, which is a artist development and coaching in music licensing and helping artists navigate selling their music and getting paid while doing it. And we had a great conversation with Nisma about her experience in the music industry and how that experience has helped cultivate what she's doing in how she helps and coaches artists in navigating the pitfalls of the music industry, as well as getting monetary gain for their work. So tune in into this great conversation with Nisma on our all new All Things Music. I've been making music uh, pretty much my whole life, but I, I kind of came across the film and TV world, uh, or sync licensing as we call it, um, when I was 13 by accident. So I was at a, a music conference in my hometown in New Jersey, and um, they were having this little, you know, talent showcase, and I played one of my songs, and uh, I was approached by somebody after, and he said, I think that that song would work really well in TV. And I was like, okay, wow. great. You know, I was 13. I had no idea pretty much what, you know, what I was doing. Um, but that song was my first foray into the sync licensing world. And it still continues to get placed and bring me residual royalties to this day. And so after that moment, I, it kind of faded away. You know, I focused on finishing high school and college and all that, but then it, came back around when I was in college. Uh, it was my last year of college, actually. I was listening to a podcast similar, you know, to this one, and uh, somebody was talking about sync licensing, and I was like, oh, I remember doing something like that when I was like 13. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it still makes me money, and I was like, well, you know, maybe I should get back into that. And so right. that was, that was like seven years ago now, and since that day, it's kind of been my main thing, and I've secured over... I don't know, at least 200 placements since then. And it's just been, it's been a fun ride. Cool. And um, I was looking at your website. I noticed that some of the shows that you've written I think there are a couple of reality TV shows. Yeah. yeah. My most recent one was um, it's a show called Hollywood House Lift with Jeff Lewis. It's, uh, it's on, um, I forget what network. I think it's NBC. I could be wrong. Um, but it's basically this guy that goes around 
redoing celebrities' houses, and they use a bunch of bunch of different like pop music. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that one was fun, and Love Is Blind, and uh, Temptation Island, a couple other ones. Okay, is there a difference between like writing a song song or a song for TV? That's a great question. So, um, the answer is it depends on um, what you're writing. You know, because there's room for all types of music in sync. Um, but there are some do's and don'ts that you kind of have to adhere if you want your music to work for film and TV. So, for example, you know, you want to avoid um, uh, cursing or at least have a clean version. Um, you want to avoid specifics like cities, names, specific, um, you know, anything that would potentially exclude your song from working in a scene you know because if your song says chicago they can't use it in a scene anywhere besides chicago and so it kind of eliminates the the variety that uh it could it could be used for the variety of scenes that is so just little examples like that and then there's you know there's things that you want to always make sure you do like have really clear sections and make sure that your chorus is very distinct from your verse etc but for the most part it follows the same rules as traditional songwriting it's just there's a couple things that you kind of really have to, to just keep in the back of your mind as you're writing um but yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun both ways. So yeah, and I'm just thinking about songs on TV on TV shows and how that's changed in the last decade or the last two decades. Yeah, like how the writing of it and just the songs in general how they changed. Yep, absolutely. You've seen oh, I've seen in, at least in the last seven or so years that I've been doing this, I've seen a lot more hip hop come onto the scene, which is great. Uh, and a lot more sort of non-traditional music, like uh, uh, like indie, quirky pop, and you know indie rock, that sort of stuff. Whereas before, I think it was mostly mainstream pop and celebrity music. But mm-hmm. now, you know, with the access that we have today in today's world, and really virtually anybody can make music from their bedroom if they have the right tools. Um, it's it's fair game for anybody. So. And in this part of the conversation, we go in a little deeper into how Nisma helps her clients with sync to develop their craft in music. And about get sync, you work with different clients and helping them, you know strengthen their skills in songwriting and making music now what is the process through that yeah so um i i mean i i believe that with the music industry the way that it is today artists have the best bet for earning actual income from their music from sync licensing just because it's so crowded and everybody's vying for the same playlists on spotify and you know, streaming pays like basically nothing. So the people that I work with are usually the types of people who are uh, kind of getting sick and tired of that rat race. 
uh, they're tired of constantly, you know, posting to TikTok and trying to go viral and, you know, begging people to pre-save their song and their stream their song. So these are, I work with people who really want to focus on increasing their income from music. So how we do that is I have a one year program uh, and I basically teach you everything you need to know about sync. So it's like a full course training, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and so you become a master of sync licensing and you understand exactly what to do, what not to do. Like we, like I talked about a little bit. And then from that point, it's a year of support. Uh, it's a year of opportunities. So basically every uh, four times a year, really. So every three months or so, I will bring in a licensing agency. Those are the people that pitch your music for you. Uh, I'll bring in a licensing agency live and you can pitch your songs to them and hopefully they get signed into their catalog and, and they can pitch them and you can start making some money. So that's uh, the, that along with, you know, music uh, or feedback on your music uh, and just one-on-one -on -one support. Uh, you got a, a year to kind of really make some serious headway. And so um, it's really exciting and I'm, I'm excited to be able to offer it to people. Absolutely, because I'm thinking about how hard it is to break into the industry in general and having this resource there, you don't have to go through like a record label or try to get noticed on TikTok or any other streaming platform. Yeah. So you would say this is a great resource or alternative yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And there's no one to say you can't do both at the same time. Right. You know, it's it's not like you. Yeah. So uh, but I always just recommend to people, you know, your time is valuable and time goes by whether or not you want it to. Right. So it depends what you're doing is going to is going to affect the amount of success you have. So if you're doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. Right. Right. That's the definition of insanity. I'm not calling anybody insane. But it's it it's sometimes it's great to kind of look back, you know, take a step back and say, OK, I've been doing this for a year, two years, and I'm kind of at the same place. Maybe I should try something else, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, maybe work on this a little less and focus on something else a little more. So I try to just also help artists with their mindset in that regard because I'm a very big proponent of learning the business uh, of music uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to just learning how to make music because at the end of the day you know it's a business like any 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 other business and you have to know how to leverage your skills in order to actually end up earning an income so yeah and you see that as a problem for folks coming in like they got the songwriting down but learning the business Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the times they don't even have the songwriting down because they mm. haven't spent the time to really learn how to write good songs. They're just kind of uh, writing from their hearts and, and writing from just whatever influences they've had. And that's normal and natural, but it with the amount of music that's out there today and the amount of competition, you can't just kind of, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall. You have to yeah. really learn how to shoot targeted you know, shots uh, and write really, really good, strong songs in order to to rise above the, the noise. So I help yeah. with that, too.
Before concluding the conversation, we get into the part that I love when talking to guests, getting into the artists who influenced them as well as songwriters who helped inspire Nisma within her own music. And speaking of songwriters, I like to ask my guests this, um, what songwriters from the past or the present influence you? What is like your, your biggest influence as a songwriter? Oh man, I love and hate this question because <laughs> there's too many. Um, recently I've been listening to a lot of John Mayer. Uh, I've been listening to, um, excuse me, a lot of, uh, the Beatles, uh, they just released a new song. They're, they're calling it their final song with everyone. Right. I'm not sure if you know about that, but it's called now and yeah. then. So that got me listening to them. But I mean, I just listen to everything. I, I would say my influences are, are probably a mix of everybody from every decade, Stevie wonder, Michael Jackson, uh, wow. you know, Billy Joel. I love his writing. Uh, just, and then people from today too, you know, I, I draw inspiration from the from the greats from, uh, of today, you know, uh, John Mayer, like I said, um, uh, Mariah Carey, you know, that like that, mm. that soulful pop, you know, so just, a, it's just a little bit of everything, you know, and, uh, and I, I, I try to bring my own voice to it as much as I can. Okay. Yeah. And um, I'm just thinking about like, the differences in music today. Um, what is the thing you're optimistic about when it comes to music today compared to, I say, the last 10 years? Yeah, love that question. I'm optimistic about how accessible information mm. and support is. Because even if you think 10 years ago, we're talking now pre-Spotify, give or take, or like mm -hmm. the birth of Spotify and digital streaming when CDs were, and, and radio were the main form that people were consuming music. It was like, I would say 100 times more difficult to make traction in the music industry. You really had to have a connection. Mm -hmm. Whereas today, all you need is a basic studio setup, which is affordable for most people, the willingness to learn and the time, right? Right. Um, and having financial resources helps too, of course. But the thing is, the difference between then and now is because the access is so, uh, you know, it's it's there much more than it was before. So is the competition, and so now the challenge has not become how do I rise above the noise right because there's mm -hmm. so much competition like i said i don't know if you know this but there's somewhere between 40 and 50,000 songs uploaded to spotify per day per day oh. right so to say supply outweighs demand would be an understatement right so mm -hmm. like i said the challenge is no longer how do i get songs recorded and share them it's how do i get my songs recorded share them and then get them to the people who can hear them uh, above the rest of my peers, right? So, but I'm optimistic 
because mm -hmm. the information is there. You know, people like me and others are out there w willing to kind of hold your hand along the way. As we close this episode, just wanted to thank you for listening to the podcast and for those who subscribe, download, and share the podcast, we encourage you to continue to do just that. And also wanted to thank Nisma Osman for taking the time to share her experience and some great gems for artists to take heed to. And you can get more information on Nisma and mastering music licensing on her website, nismaosman.com. And coming up in the next episode, another All Things Music, and we're having another great conversation with musician and author, Andrew Kloniger. So please stay tuned to the podcast for that. It's going to be another great episode, another great conversation. And you can tune into the podcast on Spotify, as well as Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcasts available. You can reach out to me via email, kevwash46 at yahoo.com. Also on social media, on Instagram at kevin underscore washington underscore 887. And check out VHC's website, kevwash 46 dot wixsite.com slash vhcp vhc also has a facebook page and youtube page and you can also find yours truly on linkedin this is your host kevin washington and we'll catch you next time peace <laughs> <laughs>